Welcome back to another episode of Corked Up. I'm Jess Kleinschmidt. I'm Rachel Luba. Cheers. Wow. Oh, your body armor. No, I apologize, guys. I'm super lame today, and uh, body armor it is because I have so much more work to do. Can't be getting shammered with Jess as much as I would love to. Yeah, so I will let y'all know. I When I've had to work after a taping. I didn't complain about it. So there's that. What is she, our wine word? Just pretended to have wine. Okay. I did. Well, there was one time I did have wine. I guess we could say it now. It was before an A's game that I was covering. And, yeah. and, and I didn't rat her out. So I'll yeah. just say that. That's very true. <laughs> I guess since it's over, like it doesn't matter. But at the time I was, I was paranoid AF. Cause I was like, I'm not going to drink the wine and then end up drinking the wine. Like, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I've got no one to answer to. That's true. That's per se, but um, I just know that I like I have to get this stuff done. And I'm so tired that if I drink wine, I will fall asleep and nothing good will come out of it. So on that note, what is our wine word so that, that I can indulge in today? And I can get hydrated with my uh, body armor. Um, our wine word or hydration word <laughs> is Cyung. Okay, so that's we already get there. First of all, Rach, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I know we talk all the time on text, but I, I missed you so much. I know you were super, super busy. And the reason why it's going to happen to do with our wine word, we're just going to get into it. Trevor Bauer, ladies and gentlemen, is your, mine, all of our NL Cy Young Award winner uh, for 2020. And Zaddy was dressed really, really nice. <laughs> I had to say Zaddy. I had to. I'm hoping they show like and like a social clip they show what Trevor wore. He was decked out. He looked really good. He he killed it. Um yeah. the, I so I actually um had the task of picking out his um his suit and because he has several that he got custom made about I would say a year and a half or maybe two off seasons ago. Um I called Derek Dietrich. I FaceTimed him to get his opinion because That's the guy you gotta call, I guess it right. Dietz, yeah. is, Dietz is, that's his personal stylist. Yeah. Um, I know if you guys, if you missed the um, momentum video of them going shopping in Chicago last year, you got to go check it out. It's fantastic. But Dietz has got some fashion and I, I like, I know my fashion for females, but not as well for men. So he was running around busy. I was running around busy, but also he told me I have to go pick out his outfit. So I was like, well, oh, great. Um, so I panicked, called Dietz on FaceTime. Turns out he got a new cell number, which I have now. So we're all good. But he did tell me that he approved of it, but I couldn't get a hold of him. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to wing it. And I picked out the, the brown suit, which the videographer, Scott Ohashi, was a little, I could tell he was like, Eh, not not sold on and so then that made me nervous but I was like you know what with the background there was like a really vibrant plaid one black yeah. and white and I was like that's too much for right. as cool as it is it's too much for for with this background I don't know and then there was a maroon one um but he's I really good in maroon yeah. yeah but he's worn it before so I was like this one okay. he hasn't worn and I I don't know I really liked it I liked the tie but he's got all the custom he's got what his. Was it, what was inside of the jacket 
so he has in the inside he has his um his little uh what is it shoulder tube logo guy and he's got it, it's all like custom bower outage um in subtle subtle little ways um the funny part is is that he's come a long way because um his second year of arbitration when he went to hearing for the first time and was risking 1.1 million to make an extra $125,000 and people you know rightfully so on the player's side were very uncomfortable with that risky decision but you know Bauer will Bauer and Bauer gonna Bauer yeah yeah he is um so anyways he was like no I'm going to hearing I'm going on principle you know this is I believe this is what I'm worth um like a week before the hearing you know the union and the agents have to go through with the player and tell them what you know, what is expected of them, you know, the little kind of to-do list things, things to prepare for. And one of the things is make sure that you come, you know, to Arizona, which that year was in Arizona, uh, for the hearing with a suit. And I remember when he heard that, he ends up just like texting me on the side. And he was like, you didn't tell me how to wear a suit for this. He was like, if I knew I had to wear a suit, I wouldn't have gone to hearing. I'm like, all right. Well, glad to know well, that. Interesting though, because those they, so they don't have to wear an actual suit when they're traveling. Not a, that's all team specific. Gotcha. Okay. So, so some some teams do. Some it's like you know collared shirt. Some it's just you know um, a polo. Some button down. You know they all have different rules. Um, but he was just he hates suits, and so he was like, "You didn't tell me how to wear a suit." He was like, if I, if I knew I had to wear a suit, I wouldn't have gone to hearing. I'm like, well, I'm glad that's, that was what would have stopped you from risking 1.1 million. Right, right, right. You know, not, but anyway, so he go, he does wear a suit. Um, he ripped a hole down the middle of his pants uh, after the hearing. So, but he ended up winning the hearing. So like it all worked out fine. Fast forward a year and suddenly he was like, you know what? I think the reason I didn't like my suits, like it didn't fit well, I'm going to get custom suits. So suddenly he gets all these suits designed for him and now he loves suits and he right. always wants to wear them in every off season. He's like, what, like, what things can I go to? You know, Rachel, can you find things for me so I can wear my suit? And so of course this is perfect. He gets to wear a suit. And uh, right before he went on, on air with MLB network, he was putting on his socks and ripped his pants in this suit too. So we were like, okay, that's a good sign though, because you're, yeah. you know, we know from the past that like rip, rip pants are always followed by success. A win. Yes. A win. So that was, that was the good, the good part, or at least made me feel a little better about it. That's good. Yeah. And I, and I hope I'm glad that he likes suits because like, I hate, I mean, I'm not saying like girls are always like, oh, I love a man in, in a baseball uniform, but when I see them in their street clothes or in their suit, that's when I get excited mama loves a man in a suit I'm, I'm in the city i all i didn't like uh big but he always knew how to wear the fuck out of a suit man like you put a suit on and i'm like what tell me where i'm thinking of fall wedding like we're good so i'm glad he's into the suits yeah he pulled it off and like and brown was an interesting choice but i i'm glad he he went toward that because i wasn't expecting it i don't think anybody else was too Nobody. you're mentioning like the the black and white and the plaid and shit that's where my mind would go yeah so it was just that trust me though if you saw this suit it that was too you know you know like checkered things did it wash him out 
Well, no, like, you know how checker things on camera look like they're moving? It looks like it's moving, the pattern. Like, yeah. it, it can, I don't know, it looks weird. Yeah. It just made me nervous. Like, it's it's bright. Um, yeah. And for, like, a TV camera thing, I don't know. This, this I felt like, was the best call. I thought he looked great. Um, the only the only like sad part was, so he was kind of told that, you know, okay, you're going to be, you have to be on camera. And there were all these like guidelines that we had about how, you know, the, he can't be, there can't be windows behind him, all these things. And he thought it was like, just supposed to be him. So we have like tons, like all his friends and family, everyone's like behind him. And then Bieber goes right before, and he's got his like whole family and the whole crew. And then everyone was like texting us, like, why is Bauer all alone for this? And like, no, we were all behind him, but we didn't know, he didn't know that any of us could be there. You know, his parents are all there right behind. Um, so that, that part. Yeah, Bieber's uh, family was like creeping and I really appreciated it. It was it like a like, draft, I felt like. It felt like, or, or yeah, the draft or like um, the winter meetings when like there's like LB networks going on, there's all those stupid kids uh, trying to apply for jobs. That's what it looked like because they were being all casual, like. <laughs> but it's like, we see you dad, chill. <laughs> dad, I know you're there dad, relax. But that was really cool too. We'll we'll revisit the beeper thing in a second. But I want to know just because like I was I, I we all the, the beautiful thing about having momentum there was we got to see literally all the behind the scenes stuff. But obviously none of us were there, so I'm curious just from a media perspective. And I've covered this stuff before because I've had to write on it. So when I was with Cut Four, we knew it. We knew some of the announcements beforehand just to prep us for the content. I don't know about the awards, but like some of the stuff on television we knew. So did you guys find out the same time that we did? So when they made the announcement on LB Network or did you know ahead of time by like a little bit? No, we found out. So we were- So, so we I, all found out at the same time. We all found out at the same time. And so we were nervous. So they gave us things. At first they told us it was gonna be, I guess, cause it's, we're on Mountain Standard in Arizona. So it was gonna be, so Eastern it was 648, they told us. So it was gonna yeah. be 448 here. So we're like watching. And by the way, because of how everything's set up and he has to have his AirPods in for the interviews and stuff. So we can't, we got someone to, um, one, of, one of Trevor's employees, Tosh, uh, hooked up his- uh, He's a new employee, we should shout him out. Yeah, Tosh Semlocker. He's Canadian, but he considers himself American. So. Mm, okay, well, good for him. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he's awesome. And so he set up his, um, he streamed MLB Network from his computer, but it was on this tiny screen in the corner. And I also have, because there's a bunch of us um, that couldn't, that, you know, do work for Trev that wanted to be a part of it. So they were Zoom calling in from a little computer on the side and we have everything, you know, set up. And there's this tiny, you know, computer showing MLB network, but we can't have the sound on. So none of us could even tell what was actually happening. So we're all watching the feedback and everything would have been a shit show and everything like that. Is that right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So we have no sound. So we're just waiting. So Trevor has his headphones and he can hear everything. We can't. So everyone's like, and trying to be quiet because, you know, every, like Tyke's filming, you know, for momentum. Um, you know, Bauer, we're trying to be quiet for him and the headphones. So we're, everyone's kind of like mouthing, you know, what time is it? You know, it's on in three minutes, they're going to announce it. And then suddenly it's 448 and they didn't announce it. And I guess Morgan got a text that they were, it was, they were going to announce it at 
453 or something. So we're like, okay. So we're like watching the minutes go. And just see the clock like take a tick back. (laughs) We're like looking at the the little screen to see, and we can't tell if they're announcing it because they there were no words either on the screen. It was just you know he just announced it. Maddox just announced it. So we're like back and forth. Everyone's got their cameras ready, and then we just see Trevor like yeah. (laughs) And so we're all like uh, we assume okay they must have called Bauer, and then after everyone was joking about what if he was just trying to be you know like respectful or a yeah. good a, you know right. team player or whatever uh good sport and they called you know darvish or something and yeah. so but he he did win um and that was like all of us i think just got kind of teared up because especially if you watch that video Taiki made, I feel like it, it so well sums it up yeah. for him, his whole childhood. I mean, this is, he's never been the most athletic. He's, uh, you know, he's always had to do it a little differently because there was no other way for him. Yeah. Um, and to see him after all these years, and I mean, especially, I mean, look, the last 10 years, the the battles and struggles I've seen the ups and downs the roller coaster of emotion just with how he's playing like he knows he can be a Cy Young winner and he wants it so badly but it's so he it was just like he could never get there he could never achieve it and to see it finally happen um yeah just was the coolest the coolest experience, um, the highlight of my year for sure. Um, and thank God that kid can change his damn, uh, wallpaper on his phone yeah. since I've known him 10, like 10 years ago, this wall the story about the wallpaper. Cause I know the story and it was really cool. And they talked about it. LB network. Um, he had a photo of so him he, holding a Cy Young award and it was so somebody else's Jim Palmer. Else, yeah. Just somebody else's Cy Young. And it's been his background, just blown up. It's just like the cyan, like zoomed in. You almost can't really tell at first what it is. And since I've known him, that's been every phone he has. He puts the, those are, he has his two phones. They're both, it's the background of both of them. Um, You know, the lock screen, everything. And I was like, dude, can you just change that? I mean, or I I don't know, update it with somebody else's or whatever. He's like, no, like it's going to stay this until I am. I'm like, oh, then you're going to like move on. He was like, no, I'm just going to replace it with mine. All right. So finally he gets to replace it with his own Cy Young. Love that. And he gets to be like one of those, one of those people that is, you know, has like their face on their wallpaper of their phone. Like this is the equivalent. It's like, Here's my Cy Young, but it's cool. So, I mean, you can do it. Right. You're the Cy Young winner. You can do whatever the hell you want. No, he actually inspired me. I'm going to actually, this is like, I'm not even kidding. I'm going to replace my background, which is of my nephew, who I love dearly, but let's be honest. Mama wants to win an Emmy one day. So I'm replacing my nephew's face with an Emmy because- that, that worked for Trevor or for me and I love that because I'm the same way like you know I didn't go to college or anything like that or I tried but I dropped out so to know that like you can go about things a different way and still like fucking dominate it's cool but I am curious because I mean you got to witness some of this like was there anybody specific you don't have to name names but if he was so laser focused on this Cy Young, there must've been people who were like, Trevor, you're not going to do that. Like, that's not going to happen. So like, did that actually happen or was it 
a situation because you mentioned ups and downs. I don't know what those downs were. I can only as- assume what they are. But was, was there anybody specific that was like, Trevor, like, come on, you're not going to win a Cy Young? I, no, I mean, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure plenty I of mean, prominent people, people. Not, not people on the internet. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of writers and stuff because look, like he, um, so, you know, he was always, if you watch the video, you can kind of get a glimpse of, you know, and a feel for what it was like growing up for Trevor and in baseball, but he was never the most talented. He was just always the guy when nobody else wanted to go out there. Bauer just wanted, he wanted to pitch every day and shocker, nothing's changed. Um, He's still that little boy that just wants to pitch every single day. And so, you know, there was finally, he got to college and, you know, he, he was a different pitcher in college for sure, but uh, he finally really started having success and especially with all the strikeouts and um, college, he was super successful. And then of course he gets drafted first round third pick and, you know, look, he, his senior or his junior year is last year at UCLA. He had a better season than Garrett did. Um, yeah. The reason Garrett goes first round first pick is because uh, he's just, you look at his stuff. He just has better stuff. He's a better athlete. He's, you know, he projects, just better despite the fact that he just didn't have as great of a season as Bauer did. Now Bauer still gets drafted, you know, first, first round third pick. And then he ends up, you know, making it up. He was one of the quickest. Yeah. He made it up to the big leagues before Garrett did. Um, he, it was less than less than a year in the minors from being drafted that he gets his debut. Um, I've got to go see his debut. It was awesome. Um, but he then just, it, it was like, he was a, kind of a bust, a disappointment. He was this, you know, you expect the first round, you know, first few picks to be, I mean, if they make it there, there should be like the cream of the crop, right? Right. Bauer was just always, he was consistent, but he was viewed as just kind of average. And no matter what happened, it was like, you know, one thing started to go his way. And then like, something else fell apart or whatever it was. And so he just never, like you saw Garrett, you saw Sonny, they all had these glimpses of these, you know, elite seasons. And he just, he was struggling. It was hard for him. He had to make like certain changes, which eventually he did. And then of course he has his 2018 season, which, I mean, he should have finished honestly higher than sixth in the Cy Young, but he finishes the season after getting hit with the line drive um, in mid August and he's out for six weeks, he still finishes the season with over, with like 170 something innings pitch after mm-hmm. missing set like seven week or six weeks of the season. So that season, I mean, honestly, he should have, I think finished higher in the Cy Young. Um, but I mean, regardless, so he was crushed. He was like, you don't like, you know how hard it is, Rachel, to have a season that good and then just have it taken away like that because of a line drive. It's not even a pitching injury. Like it was a freak accident kind of thing. And he was just like, I'm never going, it'll never fall my way. Nothing ever goes my way because I'm Bauer and I just get screwed over every time. He felt like, like the world was kind of it was like, no matter, yeah, no matter what he did, it, it was like something, somebody was going to interfere or something would interfere so that he couldn't, he couldn't get it. He, he yeah. never got the, he never gets the benefit of the doubt and right. the, the cards never broke his way or anything like that. So seeing, I'm like, okay, look, like it, it's hard to, to, 
to kind of comfort somebody in that moment of, you know, watching just they're on a roll in 2018, this is the year. And then that happens. And, you know, so whatever he finishes sixth again, he should have finished higher, but he, back then too, his media percent, like the perception of him in the media wasn't great. And so was, people did not like him. So, you know, you, he really had to be perfect in order yeah. to win anything. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden 2019 happens and he starts off great. And then he did get, um, he injured in Seattle in like eight May, I think he hurt his ankle a little bit and he didn't really realize, but he, you know, kept pitching on it. And I think there was like something torn there and he, his mechanics got a little messed up. And so things started kind of falling apart last season. And, and it was because of this ankle thing. And, you know, he asked his trainers, he said, look, if I keep pitching through it, um, will it get worse? And they said, I mean, no, the injury won't. Um, obviously there's the reality of like the mechanics and your performance might suffer, but like the injury itself won't get worse. And he was like, okay, well, I won't go on the IL. So I'm, I'm just going to keep pitching. And so he's always valued, you know, showing up to work every single day, um, no matter what. And so he, his, you know, his performance wasn't great. So then he struggled. I mean, last, last season was so hard to watch because he, what his stuff was there, it was good, but things just, you know, with the injuries and, but he was pitching through it. So like no one knew about this, but he, I mean, I remember I went to go watch one of his games and he was, it was towards the end of the season with the Reds and we were, you know, going to get, I think, grab food after or something. And we were just pulled up in his car and we're just sitting there and it was just quiet for probably like five minutes. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just going to sit in here. And all, and he's just staring just straight out and I'm like, all right, we'll just wait this one out. And then he just screams like bloody murder. Like he was so mad. And I, I got so scared. Cause I was like, oh my God, like it just caught me off guard. Yeah. It was, it, I felt like that moment, that moment in that car was like rock bottom for him with everything. It was like, he got so close. It was like, you know, he struggled. He got so close. It got taken away. He like, and then it was just like downhill, downhill, downhill. And then in the, that car that night, he was like, he let it all out. He was so mad. Yeah. And then it was, you know, he finished up the season. It wasn't, he, he did a little better the last few games and then, you know, start, then we have 2020 and just finally it clicked. Like finally, Finally, he like things went his way. So I just, you know, to see him want it so badly and that guy, he never takes a day off um, yeah. was really cool. No. And that's, and that's, what's cool. Just like for like an overall perspective, because I mean, especially like we're, what he's done and me personally, same thing. Like we always, there's that one moment we want to give up, right? We want to give up. We're like, fuck this. I'm done. Yeah. And I've had that before and I kept chugging along and I'm glad he kept chugging along because not only did he give us like a really great season on the mound, but he introduced this really cool, and this is not me kissing his ass or anything, but I like, you know, I, you know how I feel about him. I love him as a pitcher, but I love him even more as the, the content person. And I feel like it's so new and revolutionary. I'm not just saying that because momentum but like, I genuinely mean that and it's, no, really it's it's really cool to see. Yeah. It's cool that it all lined up so well where he could have, 
he had a great season, but he also could, you know, do all this content stuff. And I mean, he's, he's changing, he's changing baseball. And I, you know, I say that and, you know, he, he knows he wants to, but I don't know if he really realizes like he is, he's already changing the game. And it's a, and it's a huge responsibility because I know like a lot of the hires that I've been a part of, they're like, Oh, we want you to like revamp baseball. And that's such a huge fucking responsibility because it's like, the most non-progressive fan base. And I just want to shake some baseball fans. Like you're complaining about all this stuff, but you want more of it. And it's so confusing. And I feel like he's not listening to the people complaining. You're just going for well, it. Well, that's what I listen to the complainers. And I do. And I feel like that's a lot to do with what I have, like certain people that I work with. Um, but that's a hard, that, that that's the reality of what he's doing. And to be a person like, you know, like him, in this game and trying to do what he's doing, you basically have to accept the fact that people are going to like shit on you. And they're people are- Yeah, and I think he's he's equipped to do that. Because because this is the thing, because he, that's how baseball's always been for him. He's never done it the right way. He's never done it the right way. He's never done it the traditional way, just in terms of training. It's not a sheep. It's not a sheep. Right. It started with him training and he just, because he's not built like an athlete, he's not this physical specimen. So for him to compete, he had to do things differently. He had to find, you know, using science and math, figure out what, what can I do? How can I weaponize my body so that I can compete? And he did that. And you know what, if you look at all, listen to all the draft Um, You know, the scouting reports on him when he was getting drafted, there was all this speculation as to he's going to blow out his arm. You know, this can't, what is this ridiculous long toss he does? These weighted balls, oh, that's going to just destroy him. He won't make it, you know, three years in the league. Okay, now look at every, every big league organization, every organization in baseball basically now uses weighted balls. Everyone is adopting and has adopted you know, most of the techniques and stuff that he, like, he's kind of, he pioneered. I mean, there's a, there's a metric, they're called um, Bauer units that are used in baseball. I mean, that's something he came up with. So dude made fucking measurements. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but, but look like that was for in the beginning. And he, he tells me this a lot too, when I get frustrated about even just kind of what I'm doing and it's different and you know it's new and I feel like I you know when people tell me it's not gonna work or she doesn't know what she's doing and she's gonna you know fail and all these things and I want to fight back and respond to them and I feel like I have so much to prove and he's like just like ignore them they're going to be there and it's gonna take a while for people to realize like what you're doing is the future, but he was like, you, you can't take them all on right now. Like you have to just tune them out and just trust that it's going to happen over time. But he's, he's good at, he's had to learn how to, you know, just use the, this feeling like you're letting people down because you're, you know, you're not what people expected or whatever to just kind of fuel you to event, you know, to success. Yeah. No. And it's, and it's, uh, it's so amazing. I'm so glad you walked me through that. Um, I could talk about Trevor all day um, and, um, and night and, but I know you have kind of a cutoff um, coming up and I was kind of upset. So I want to talk about Kim Eng too. I totally. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Dig into that. So 
what do you want to do right now? Do you want to go into winter meetings or go into Kim Ang? We can like push. Kim Ang. We can, winter meetings aren't for another couple of weeks. So. Cool. so let's push that back. Um, so let's do Kim Ang. Um, so I'm going to start with myself just for a second. Yeah. Like, um, and I don't know how you felt, but I've, I've did, I did so many radio interviews and TV stuff last week about her when she got hired, you know, the first female GM. Um, beyond that, it was so many other things, but I've been covering her for years, Rach. And it was like, oh, she was considered because she almost got Farhan Zaidi's job. And it was, but the best part was, was she was like, if there's no guaranteed job, I'm not going to do this. And I remember a bunch of interviews seeing her when she was talking about a GM position, possibly with the Padres at one point, she lit up, but she never did it. So I was always covering her as the woman who almost did it, who almost got it. And it felt like the moment she was hired, it felt like a huge weight was lifted off of my chest because it was like, okay, we're starting revolution. And I know I, I don't want to dumb down what I do. And I'm very proud of what I do. I work my ass off and you know that, but it's at the end of the day, like, I feel like the media is just the beginning. Like what you're doing is phenomenal. What she's doing in the front office is phenomenal. Everyone, everyone had to break it. Like there was, there were, there were not, there weren't females in your position at one point either. That's the thing is it's just that, yeah, sure. There's eventually, we're not going to have any more of like the first female, but for right now, this is still one, you know, that somebody had to break through. And so, you know, you guys are still now let's not, that's not to say that everything is, you know, great and dandy for females, you know, even as writers. Right. And, and, and I don't think it ever will be, but right. it, like I said, it just feels like it's like, okay, cool. Like, I feel like she did it. And it was like, I told you so like right. we can fucking do shit. She was part of Derek Jeter's big extension with the Yankees. Like she was underneath Cashman. Like she was a bad, she's a bad bitch. And it's like, to see them work and like, and he wasn't just like, oh, I'm taking a chance on a friend. And that's what was cool. And there was another like, and I, I don't want to be religious, but the reason why a lot of these things didn't work in her favor, I feel like God was like, no, 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 you need to work with Derek Cheater. This is going to happen. This is what you need to do. And I feel like that was what was cool about it. And we're thinking about that. Like the reason why Padres didn't take a chance on you beyond that. But it also made me think of like, you know, she had to be even better than the rest. Way better. Way better to even be considered and to to get the job, you have to be not just better, but the best. And go go look at all the qualifications of a majority of GMs. No, but a majority of GMs. She's so so overqualified. And that that part to me, it's like it's not um I mean it's so normal though. It's like, you know, people, people will sit there and ask me, you know, Oh, like I've, I've had people recently like, uh, judge my law school. Cause they thought my law school wasn't good enough. And I'm like, okay, first of all, all that's required to be an agent, which by the way, is what a majority satisfy is that you graduate high school. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to even be a lawyer, but yet I'm a lawyer and you're judging. You're like, well, her law school, it's, it's like, it's a little odd that she's able to do this because she only went to this law school. And I'm like, uh, I mean, Scott Boris went to a law school that's ranked a hundred below mine. So I don't think that matters, but like, you have to be so overqualified in order to, and then you still get judged on, well, let, first of all, that's what the other thing, people want to see your qualifications. And look, at the end of the day, she's, this has been, I mean, she should have been a GM 
I mean, 10 years ago, 20 exactly. years ago, she started working in baseball before I was born. Okay. Oh, I can't say that, but yes, but she, I, two years before I was born, she started working in baseball. She, I'm 28 and she's yeah. just now becoming a GM and I, somebody, some verified account, some lady, I don't know. She tweeted about, I wrote something about how, you know, she started working, you know, two years before I was born. Now I'm 28. She's just now a GM you know, and like lesson, you know, is to, if you believe in something, if you want something bad, keep going. And her response was that this is all wrong. And this is the problem that, you know, we're looking at it this way. What we need to be talking about is the inequality. Is account for like, for what? I don't know. Um, it's just like, a, I think she's a blogger, writer. I don't know. I, but, like, I mean, I know you just got verified on, on both yeah. things. The yes. fact that you got Instagram before Twitter is crazy, by the way. Congratulations. I didn't even ask her. I didn't, I wasn't even trying to do Instagram. I gave up on it. But the union, when I talked to them about the Twitter, because people were making fake accounts and announcing stuff about Bauer and they were changing like my L and Rachel to an I and it looked yeah, like- that, That's actually, that helps. That's how I got my verification on Twitter well, was there was fake that accounts. That me because it was the election that took over. They said, we have to worry about the election. So they- they, they that is verify me. But um, when I reached out to the union about it, I was like, we got to do something because like, this is ridiculous. And he pointed to me as the person who's going to, you know, be the spokesperson more or less. So, you know, this has, someone needs to verify this, my account. And she's like, well, okay, I'll, I'm on it. But while I'm at it, do you want me to try Instagram? I'm like, I mean, sure. Like, I don't know why Instagram is going to verify me, but then yeah. like, literally a day later, she gets back to me and she goes, okay, like Instagram's taken care of. She's like still waiting to hear on Twitter. I'm like, ugh. but anyways, yay for me now I'm verified. No, I mean, in, like even actually, it was actually after our, our Delina to Shields interview when I got verified because I, oh. I like tweeted or I commented on the corked up or momentum yeah. video and there was a blue check mark. I was like, holy shit. I was so stoked, but I had to act cool. Like I was like, okay. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I, that was pretty exciting. Like I got um, turned down by Instagram like 17 times. In the oh yeah. I mean, basically same here. Um, I gave up on it, but no, look, it's, we're, like, both, we're Instagram. I'm, we're verified and all the, okay. uh, fuck yeah, dude. Let's um, go. But wait, okay. What were we, we were talking about Kim. Uh, yeah, sorry. We like, yeah. So women, yeah. He, this lady, whatever she, uh, responded and it was like, you know, it, it's not about persevering. It's about the, you know, the inequality. And this bothers me because sure, you're right. That is the reality of it that, you know, that there is a level of inequality here. But if we sit there and focus and bitch about that, that is how nobody ends up in positions like Kim. That's Inc. what I told you all the time. Kim Kim Ng did not sit there and cry about the fact that she's done, she's been trying over and over again. She kept her head down and she said, I'm going to fucking do it one day. And, and now here she is. And so when people sit there and, and I, that bothers me as like, you know, somebody who's like pro. A rage rant like, is upon us. A rage rant is upon us. But, Mama. but look, like that's, that's how I feel about this. Well, I know we can't, I mean, sitting here, bitching about it's not fair if, if there's inequality i tell every young like girl who talks to me and wants advice i tell them look you're gonna have to be over
qualified. Can I sit here and tell you that that's not fair and it shouldn't be like that? Yeah, sure. And that's the, and you're right. It's not, but you, if you want it, this is how it is right now. And so you're going to have, if you want it, if you want it badly enough, you're going to have to suck it up, realize that this is the reality and go bust your ass and be overqualified. People will recognize you someday and they will notice you're overqualified. But for right now, you're just, you're going to have to suck it up. And yeah, so and they eventually, I promise you, they will pay attention. I yeah. promise you they'll pay attention. And that's, that's what you do when you push up the work. I hate when they're, when you, if you're complaining about being a woman in sports and not just working when the more you tweet out how difficult it is to be a woman in sports and you're not booking a guest on your podcast, you're not writing an article. This is me specifically. You're not doing the work. Yeah. You're wasting time. Right, right. And, and so it's like, don't create a cool Twitter persona without the shit to back it up. That's what I have a problem with. That's and, and same thing. Like when when women approach me, like young women, they're like, hey, I want to do what you do. Like, how do I do it? I first say, like, you you probably won't want to do it because it sounds sexy. Our job sounds, sounds great, sexy. but you have to, but that's the thing is you have to be okay with like like I tell girls, right? I write everything down. I started doing it years ago. Somebody told me to do it. They were like, all these these moments where you want to bitch about it, write it down. And I write it down. And then I get to, you know, fast forward, you know, years in the future. And there'll be moments where I can tell these little stories. And they make for great stories. And they make dudes look like dumbasses. Yeah. But, but, but that's where you let it fuel you. And then, you know, over time, you can let the world know and show them the shit you went through yeah. to get here. But to sit there and bitch about every single time and to talk about like, like, instead of talking about how awesome this is, what Kimi did, we should sit here and cry about inequality. Like, no, right now that's not going to help. Like that, that's my, that's my take on it. And I, and I do, keep bothering me. I, and I totally agree. And I think you did a good job kind of explaining it. We we're, we're always on the same page with that. You know how I feel. There's specific women that I don't want to target in this because I'm sure they're listening. Um, but it's just do the work. We like, we all know we don't, and you mentioned it. You don't, you don't want to be the token female who's hired just to be hired. You have the stuff to back it up, like, and all of that. And I can go on for days, but we are so stoked. And I, and I really feel like the moment she was hired, I just feel like I can just like do my job easier. And I wrote an article and I was like, I felt so confident writing it. Like she did it. Now we I, I'm so, I mean, I had to text her like the next day and getting to like, yeah, I took a moment and just stared at my phone for a sec and just like smiled. I was like, wow, I text, I get a text to GM right now <sighs> about a baseball player and it's a female. And like, that's really fucking cool. Cause I've never gotten to do that. Yeah. I don't want to get like an emo on it, but I'll listen it's, to some yellow card later, but it's just like, it's cool. It's so cool because like when I first got in, in this industry, Rachel, there were no Rachel Lubas. There was nobody. My mentors were all men. Yeah. And, you know, the last few years have been so lucky, but that was the new thing. I didn't think there were women that I could actually come to for advice. Now I have like a baseball group chat and I, between, you know, with Melanie and Danny, and then I have you, of course, and I have other women, but it's like, you don't, they don't understand it. And I, but I, I, you know, I don't bitch about it, but it just, ha- it happens. Right. And I bitched up at the beginning, but that was all part of it. And it's still going to be a road. It's a little less bumpy, but I'm so stoked because I know 
she's not the first or she's the or she's not the last she's definitely the first she's not the last and it just goes to show like between the trevor situation you and me like it's just that's a, that's that's my thing is if you want we're it, so capable and we you, don't realize it if you i mean look like trevor ties it i mean you can look at yeah the trevor scion trevor bauer scion you can look at you know timing you can look at anybody anybody if you want something bad enough, and that's what I tell people. I didn't grow up like, like as a fan of baseball. I taught myself baseball. Like yeah. I, when I decided this is what I want to do in, in college. Okay. You can teach yourself anything you, if you want something bad enough, you can find a way to get it, but you have to be so determined and you have to know that you have to bust your ass way more than anybody else that yeah. you're competing with. If you want a shot. And just because you bust your ass doesn't mean it's going to be handed to you overnight. It doesn't yeah. mean it's ever going to be handed to you, but you have to be willing to put in the work. And chances are, if at some point, you know, you work hard enough and smart enough, like you'll, you'll do it. And, yeah, and that's, and that's authenticity too. Like if you, and I mean, I taught myself media. I didn't go to school for, I tried and the, the media people, the journalists, the journalism teachers I had were fucking stupid. So I'm like, I'm not doing this. Like, it's not, this is not how it works. And I approached a different way. And sometimes I'll just, I'll have a couple of glasses of wine. I'll read a teleprompter. I don't know how to read a teleprompter, which sounds stupid because it's just reading, but it's different. You yeah. have to have all this, all these things. I taught all of my stuff that, and now I have this show and, and another show. Yeah. And it's like, I don't have, like, it's, we're There's all- not one way to do it. There's not one way. There's not only one type of person to do something like, you can, you can craft whatever you're given in life and find a way to make it work towards what you want. And, yeah. and like, I really do believe that it doesn't matter if, I mean, everyone come, has different stories, different paths. They, they have different gifts that they're, you know, given and they find a way to work with what they have. And if you complain about what you have and that it's not enough and it's not fair and then you're never, you're never going to, you're never going to make it. Yeah. And don't worry about what other, everybody else is doing either because. Because everyone does it differently usually too. We're on our own path and we're going to be successful in our own ways. Um, this was amazing. Honestly, Rachel, my favorite episode of Quirked Up so far. Yeah, it was a good one. I'm go not kidding. Go um, we're going to let you go because I know you have stuff to do and I kind of want to sleep. Um and work out in the morning because I'm doing that now. It's fine. Everything's shut down. The gyms are shut down again, but it's fine. Um, oh luckily, I taught myself in the summer to work out outside. So that's fine. I'm trying to be as, as buff as you, mama. I'm trying. I see you. Okay. And we have a photo shoot in the future. So I'm trying to be skinny as fuck for All being. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. I love you. And you're amazing. And cheers. See you on the next episode of Corked Up.